It's the Euro Digest here on Football Digest. I'm Guy Clark. Thanks for joining us. Wales through in Group A despite a red fat ampadu as Rob looks to write another memorable page in their Euros history. Meanwhile, Southgate stands by Captain Kane and today Group B and C conclude. Here for today's instalment of all things Euros, shuffling the squad as much as Roberto Mancini in Rome, we have Hampshire Live's Southampton writer Tom Leach and collecting his hat-trick ball before the end of the group stage, Sport Features editor at the Mirror, Mark Jones. And Mark, you must be delighted the way in which Wales secured their passage through to the last 16. It is the best 1-0 defeat I think I've ever I've ever seen. Um, um, it didn't look, you know, it didn't look great, did it? And I think, I know some people have kind of, I've, I've found the sort of talk around it to be interesting because, I've, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, um, you know, because three teams go through in, in, in most of the groups, it's kind of taken taking a little bit of an edge away. And I can understand that, you know, but I think for Wales to get second in this group, it's the best they could have done because Italy, you know, we all we all, we all knew Italy were, were going to win it. And then, you know, in that second half, so I, 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 I watched the game in the, watched the game in the pub last night and the Switzerland game was on behind me. And I spent probably the last 20 minutes watching that. And, and it spent, you know, it was every time Shakiri got the ball, it was always going to going to do something else. So it was, it was the the sort of the, the swing of goals was was it made it nervy towards the end. But but I think as we'll go on to discuss, I think getting second, it is very important for Wales, given the the, the route that that now, you know, can sort of plot ahead. And and the thing, the thing is, is and it's probably hard to again, it might be hard from like an English perspective to think this way, but from a Welsh one, we just now we've got another game that we're going to go into you know, on a 50-50 basis at the best, you know, someone like a Denmark or a Finland or a Russia. But if we're playing France, we're going to lose. And we're going to lose to someone eventually. We are. But but it's just it just gives that chance to have another game. And that's what yesterday achieved, really. Yeah, it feels with Wales that, that momentum really does build. Uh, Tom, nice to have you with us. And sort of looking at the achievement for Wales, it is brilliant for them to, to have been able to finish as runners-up in this group. There was a lot of talk about Turkey, of course, the dark horses unseated straight away in the group stage, as well as Switzerland themselves, who have got sort of pedigree of making knockout stages of, of major tournaments. Lest we forget, it's, it's Wales' second sort of major finals appearance in the modern era. Yeah, I think Turkey's the the shock, isn't it? That that we all thought they were going to be the ones to kind of arrive and surprise everyone really in that group. Um, they were awful in every way. They were awful going forward and awful defending. And even the bits they did between that weren't so good. Um, I think it's great for Wales. It's, it's a brilliant position in the group to finish, as Mark just said. I mean, looking at it from an English point of view, we're here sweating about finishing second in our group and maybe even winning our group because it means we're going to go play probably a France by winning our group. Um, and and the, the the we we win and play a runner up. They finish as a runner up. They get a runner up. So so Wales's group is nice. They've got a nice side of the draw. They've kind of got it in a way like we had it in in Russia, where we ended up playing like like Mike just said a, a, a game that they think okay we we could probably go and win this one and then progress, which is great for Wales. I think the job Rob Page has done has it, been brilliant at such short notice as we know, but. Uh, yeah, they'll be they'll be looking into the next games now, thinking, okay, we can move through this. And then if they do end up facing a Belgium later on in the tournament, they they know from from 2016 that those kind of upsets can happen. So, yeah, I think it's great for Wales, but also they have impressed as well. I think they've looked really good in the games that they played. I think they've. I, I really wanted Italy's Italy's bubble to be burst in a way because Italy looked really good in those first two games, and I think after seeing England not look so good against Scotland. I think I was fearing Italy the most, even more than France, because France didn't look particularly good in some of their some of their moments too. So, 
it was good to see Wales show as well that Italy aren't all that great at times, even if they are so well organised. Yeah. How much credit, Mark, does Rob Page deserve for, for the job he's done coming in in sort of the circumstances he had? Five years ago, it felt as though it was sort of the culmination of a project that had been building around a young squad for an awful long time. Albeit this is the, the, the youngest squad at the Euros that Rob Page has, but the circumstances in which he's come into the job just, for me, sort of outlines even more how spectacular he's done. Yeah, uh, he he comes across in a very sort of calm, confident manner, doesn't he? Um, it's you know before the tournament, I had you know like friends of mine talking to me about it and saying, "Oh, you're not concerned that you know the, the manager is you know not necessarily a household name, is he?" When he's certainly when comparing it to to, to Ryan Giggs, but um, you know, as I was trying to say then, it's like I don't think international football is is for the you know glamorous managers necessarily, and it, and it, as long as you've you know, look, look at Southgate, you know, I mean, when, when he was the manager of Middlesbrough, was everyone, you know, was everyone banging on about him being the England manager? You know, it's, it's, so I think, I think Paige, who, you know, he's got football league experience, he's got good coaching experience. He has been able to foster that kind of team mentality. The, like Wales is such a sprinkling of players from kind of all levels. You know, you can, you go from Gareth Bale down to uh, Colwell, the young lad who's literally played about five games for Cardiff, who's there, you know, so, um, Page has managed to tap into that, and there's a bit of that 2016 thing that's still kind of hanging around. Um, but no, I've been very impressed with him. He's been very, and also you, you look at yesterday, you know, so that's that was a different formation that he's that he's played from from the first two games. All right, it wasn't the best going forward, but on another day, you know, Bale takes that chance towards the end. Ramsey had that one where he probably should have got shot off. You know, they to, to only, you know, you know, and especially given the red card, I mean, to only lose that game one 0 Against us, yeah. I mean, I know Italy made changes, but they've got such a strong squad, and to achieve, I, I generally think it's up there with 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 anything. What, what you know, what what they did. I thought against Turkey, I thought that result and that win was up there with anything they did in 2016. I think this again has backed that up to just be able to see it out in what. And and as as I said, it's 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 set up a tournament now, and it's given it's given Wales a, a chance of a quarter final. We've praised the refereeing so much throughout the course of the tournament, Tom, but. We've got to talk about that red card for Ethan Ampadu. And it seems as though it's a directive from UEFA regarding sort of studs down challenges on the ball. But to me, it, it didn't look like one of those where he'd gone over the top of the ball and was reaching too much. He, he was simply just beaten in the foot race and got his studs to the, the top of Bernadeschi's foot. Yeah, they didn't seem to look at it for too long, did they? It didn't seem like they were going to change their mind after it was given. Um, it did seem a little low, as he said. I mean, it, it did seem like it was on top of the foot. And I guess when you go in for the ball and, and, your, and your toes down, there's always going to be those kind of collisions. I mean, that's that's normal. It happens in nearly every game. So it was a strange one that that was given as a red. Um, I think if it was on the shin, we probably would have looked at it and thought, okay, maybe. Um, but yeah, that was a strange one. I'm really surprised not to see that one that one downgraded to a yellow. But I mean, straight after that, Gareth Bale had that golden chance to score at the back post. So, you know, Wales seemed to crow a little bit in a way after that. I mean, the challenge was was an uphill one, but yeah, they 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 definitely didn't you know they didn't didn't disappoint from that point. They looked really good after that red card, and, and it's a shame because it shouldn't have been. And he he now misses a game, I think, just one game, um, which you know that's a blow. But they've got they've got players that can probably step in in that position. 
Yeah, they've got great unity. And in fact, Rob Page kind of tried to get around any suspensions, hadn't he, Mark, with, with starting mm. Kiefer Moore on the bench, but had to bring him on to make sure that they got the result they needed and they did in the end. One point I want to make about Wales, Mark, is I'd love to watch them in training because the pundits who cover all the Wales games, whether it be on ITV or BBC, every time say, oh, in training he finishes that, in training this happens, in training <laughs> that happens. Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey both had a couple of chances yesterday. Aaron Ramsey, though, in this tournament, for all the talk we've heard for the last two years of him being constantly on the treatment table in Turin, looks as though he'd be primed for a return to the Premier League, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I was a bit concerned about him going in. Actually, I, I, I um, when I, you know, when sort of thinking about the lineups and that for the first game against Switzerland, I wasn't hundred percent sure he'd be in. But but Page um, has said, I mean, I think in the in the two uh, friendlies before the tournament, he didn't start in either one. Um, but Paige has said he always had him in mind to start. Um, and he's someone, because there's so much attention on Bale, I wonder if he goes a little bit under the radar. And he, um, in 2016, so I was I was over there for a few games in the um, the Russia game when Wales went through, um, where they won, they beat Russia 3-0 in the final group game. And I, I kind of, you know, I've, managed, I've been looking enough to see lots of great footballers live, in, 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 but genuinely his performance that night was up there in terms of anything. It, he The way he played, um, he... He, he just ran the game and a uh, bit of a different position for him yesterday, kind of a false nine, wasn't it? And obviously playing in Italy where he'll be still, I'd say, desperate to make a bit of an impact. He hasn't quite managed to do that with the injuries, but but not a very important player. And and as you say, with the suspensions, it's important because that was what, what tripped us up in the in the Euros last time when when Ramsey and uh, Ben Davis missed the semi-final. So can't really afford for that to happen so yeah so Kiefer Moore uh, Ben Davis was another one and I think Mepham didn't play yesterday those three are all protected now so um but yeah Ramsey's he's, he's coming to his own he and, and he'll be again a very important player in the um in the, in the knockout stages going forward now yeah, it strikes me as a real silent leader. Of course, he, he was captain at a real young age under Gary Speed, wasn't he? And now Bale's the captain, but he, he, he is obviously there to help set an example and lead. And he's doing, done a brilliant job, it's certainly in that attacking midfield role and, as you say, in that false nine role yesterday. In terms of another one of the standout performers, Tom, for Wales, has been Danny Ward. We've hardly seen him in a Leicester jersey, but he's been in this tournament. He's been playing like prime Gigi Buffon. I've got it written down in some notes here. I think he's been the star for Wales. I remember in the the opening game, some of the saves he pulled off late on in the game, especially just just brilliant. And for a player who we don't see that much of really in club football, as much as we probably should, he's he's been absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, you mentioned that how good Wales must be in training. I think even though uh, Aaron Ramsey spent so long on the injury table, as you said, over at Juventus, and he's not played as much as we probably expected him to, he must be doing something right in training over there. Didn't anyone see Chiellini's comments on him um, after the game? He was, he was raving about Aaron Ramsey and what he's like at Juventus and how he's a brilliant footballer, one of the best they've got. So, yeah, you mentioned a prime for a return to the Premier League. I mean, he's clearly still got immense quality and he seems to just come alive for Wales. Um, and whether that's the same with Danny Ward, probably because some of the saves he's pulled off this tournament has just been exceptional. He's been, yeah, it's probably the star for Wales. Yeah, he also, Aaron Ramsey's got pedigree when it comes to coming alive on the big occasion for Arsenal and Cup finals. He's done it on more than one occasion. But yeah, in terms of Wales then, Mark, and final point on them sort of looking forward now, they'll play the, the runners-up of Group B, which will be one of Denmark, Finland or Russia. And then even looking further ahead, I don't know if in Wales you, you're as akin to as in England of completely mapping out our tournament and playing it all on paper, but could certainly be facing the uh, the, the winners of the Netherlands who are likely to sort of face a, a 
third place team should they win uh, Group C and, and make it through. So who knows? A semi-final berth could be on the cards and another open top bus parade. <laughs> semi-final, wow. Um, no, I, I, you know, it's, it's to give the cliche footballer answer, it's, it's, it's one game at a time, isn't it? But um, it would, you know, Russia, Finland or Denmark is kind of exactly what we'd have wanted um, in terms of, you know, as, as I said earlier, just just a game, just a game to give us a chance. Um, but, and I mean, Holland, yeah, uh, you know, you, you, you're making me do it now. You're making me do the England. <laughs> um, Holland, you know, the, there's question marks there, isn't there? In terms of the manager and in terms of some of the players, and obviously they're missing, they're missing their best defender. So um, that would be interesting. But let's, yeah, let's 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 do the odd one game at a time. And 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 I mean. Russia, I just mentioned Russia, where we played them in the last one. Finland, we played in qualifying just recently, beat them. So, you know, I don't think there's going to be too many fears there. Denmark are probably the best, the best one of those sides that maybe would be the one that would give us the most um, the most to worry about. But but given the mood that the camp seems to be in, I think uh, they'll, they'll they'll take on anyone, really. Yeah, we'll have a word on the Group B and C action to come. Final point before we we move on. Italy, Tom, uh, you said before that sort of fearing them as much as anyone, 30 games unbeaten now, and they're likely to be facing Ukraine or Austria in the next stage of the competition, albeit they didn't score three goals, but they don't look as though they've shown much sign of slowing down. And Roberto Mancini getting everybody involved after speaking of his own sort of experiences as a player of, of going to major tournaments but not getting onto the pitch. They've got a real collective group there. Yeah, I think Italy, um, you, know, you know with Italy in every tournament that they're never going to turn up and, and be awful, but I didn't really know what to expect from them, truth be told, before this tournament. Um I don't think they've got many world-class players, but their organisation, I mean, the goal against Wales kind of sums up the organisation. It was a really well-worked set piece that they practised for hours, you could tell, on the training ground, a little ball to the near post and then flick past the keeper. Um, yeah, they look brilliant. And I think the confidence in that camp must be probably more than just about anywhere. They seem really together. You mentioned all the changes. Uh, they're all pulling their weight in that squad. And the two 3-0 wins, they'll be... They'll be just full of it going into the going into the knockouts, and they're on the favourable side of the tournament as well. Um, I think they're probably. I mean, I've not looked at the odds, but they've got to be really up there now as one of the favourites to win this, even if they haven't got you know the, those those top world class players. Um, good players though, really good players. Uh, a lot of players that we'd have in in England, so I'm sure. But yeah, they they look really really good, and I think the confidence they've got, they're going to go really far in this, aren't they? Yeah, I think they certainly pre-tournament had to be put down as dark horses. I don't think many people probably fought them to get through all too far, having not been at Russia. But yeah, they certainly are contenders now and can certainly maybe see a semi-final berth for them. Other game then in the group, finishing Switzerland 3, Turkey 1, Jadan Shakiri getting a, a couple of nice goals in that one. And uh, yeah, the dark horses of Turkey unseated well and truly. Let's get on to today's action then, and we'll start with Group C, because that's on at five o'clock, and Group B finishes at, at eight. Netherlands versus North Macedonia, and we were just talking a bit about Holland before, Mark, but they seem to slowly but surely 
be beginning, I don't know, to maybe convince a few people. They they didn't look all too great against Ukraine. In the second game, they certainly looked a lot more efficient. And now against North Macedonia, if they can finish on maximum points, maybe a few people will have to uh, reconsider on them. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is they've obviously they've already won the group, haven't they? So um, I think you'll see a few changes for this one. And it's probably the perfect game to do it in, given that they're playing, you know, arguably the, the perhaps the, the weakest side in the tournament. Um, so given that there are many question marks around the team, I think if you, you know, there'll be changes today and there'll be several players who will see it as their chance to, to get into the side for the, for the knockouts and, you know, and, and, and hopefully onwards from there. Um, they, they, yeah, they're a funny team, aren't they? they? They seem to have lots of players who, who kind of never quite convince you consistently. Bar, I'd say, Wayne Album, who, who, who is someone who, you know, we've seen for many years, and and we, we, we you basically know what you're going to get from him. And although actually, for Holland, he plays a lot. Well, it's very different. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know what you're getting from for his country and for his club, and they're very different. <laughs> but um, but he, yeah, he's he, he's he's a leader, wasn't he? He's he's taken that step, that, that sort of step into that role without without um, Van Dijk there. So. And he's someone who he just, I mean, I saw him, was it the Austria game of the day? He's, he's sprinting forward in the last minute to try and get, you know, get a goal because he loves scoring goals for them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he, I, 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 arguably he might not play today because, you know, they, they're going to mix it up. So you, they're going to need one or two more players to sort of step up and really show, um, you know, that they can kind of fight for a place in the team to convince you, kind of like Italy yesterday, really, um, who may obviously made all the changes. Um, so, yeah. If they can, then you know if they can bounce in with with three wins out of three, then they'll start feeling good about themselves. And 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 you know, there's as you say, they're in. I'm sure there's a there's a Dutch version of this where they're talking about playing Wales in the quarter final with big smiles on their faces. So um, yeah, so, so 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 why not? You know, they they've um, they've got every every chance to go in and you know avoiding that that bit of the draw which England find themselves in um, is uh, it's going to be important for a lot of these countries. Yeah, most definitely. And talking about the Netherlands and the, the options they have, Tom, coming into the squad. Players like Daniel Marlin and Ryan Gravenberch playing in the, the Eredivisie always get sort of a, a lot of talk online. We don't really get to see them all too much. Haven't seen them a great deal in this tournament, but if they are going to make changes, those might be two players to come in who we might all first really get to see a, a good look at. Yeah, two young, exciting players as well. I think going into tournaments like this, there's always talk about who's going to be the guy that pops up and adds 20 million onto his, onto his market value and they're probably two of the players that people highlighted, especially Graven Birch going into the tournament, um, being so young and so good already for his club. Um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see him when they start, start using those kind of players. I think Graven Birch is someone who's so exciting um, and linked with pretty much every club with his early season performances, so early career performances, sorry. So yeah, um, there's always those players who had so much market value. I thought a few of them were going to be at Turkey, but I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see when, when he steps in. Yeah, and I think the Turks are going to be going the opposite way, aren't they, with their market value? I think I think the uh, parent clubs might have to be paying to get a few of them off their books. But in terms of the other game, Austria versus Ukraine, now this one looks as though it could be set up, Mark, to sort of decide who is going to be the runners-up in the group. And Ukraine have looked dangerous going forward, somewhat disjointed defensively, which when you consider Andrei Shevchenko's their coach, you can probably understand. Yeah, um, he's quite funny, isn't he? When you see him on the touchline, he just looks as though... He gives he gives the players this look, and it's a bit like I wouldn't have done that, you know. I'd I'd have I'd have, I'd, have, I'd have hit that shot better, or I'd have done that a bit better. Um, yeah, they're a, they're a funny side, you know. They they um they work hard. I think you know the likes of um 
uh, Zinchenko is the captain now, isn't he? I think, and he, I think that's a good move to give it to give it to someone like him who's a younger, you know, younger player and obviously trains every day with great players at, at Man City, and he uh, he's been playing in sort of slightly different position as well, which I know he's a very versatile player, but um, but then you got like someone like Yarmolenko who who. Has, I always think he has real quality when he when he's when he's there. He just doesn't really seem to move a lot. But but when he always he... strikes me as one of those kind of players, Yarmolenko, who you watch at these tournaments and think, oh, he looked great in the Premier League, and then mm. you go, oh yeah, he's at West Ham. You forget yeah. he's there. Yeah, and he's um, he's a bit slow, isn't he? But he yeah. he, he looks yeah you know, he, he, you know he scored that great goal. He get get you know and get his shot off and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I think they're probably a side who um, if they were to come second in this group. There aren't many other groups they would have come second in. Um, they've 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 had a kind draw, and I'm not entirely sure where they go in terms of the um, the knockout stage. But you know whoever's playing them would probably fancy themselves, wouldn't they? Yeah, no. Both they and Austria have won one, lost one, mm-hmm. and they are both sort of on on zero on goal difference. So it is going to be kind of a, a bit of a straight shootout between those two. Let's move on to. Group B then, which is going to conclude at eight o'clock, and talk about Belgium. And Tom, just wonder sort of we 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 constantly read and see about Tottenham Hotspur's pursuit for a new manager, and someone like Roberto Martinez, who's been out of the club game for a while now, but had varied success. Won the FA Cup with Wigan, almost got Everton into the Champions League. It strikes me as though he'd kind of be someone who should be under consideration, but maybe needs to win this kind of tournament or get to a final to really convince people of his qualities as a manager. He's probably one of the last managers not to have been linked. I mean, yeah. there's probably people in this court that have been linked before him. Um, Mark, have you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you at 11, so can, can, can we get this done quickly, please? I've got a <laughs> yeah, I think he's, yeah, he probably, he, I'm sure he will be in the shout if he has a, if he has a brilliant tournament. Uh, I think he's he's got this crop of Belgian players now who are, I think, are they the oldest squad in the tournament? If not, they might be the second oldest squad in the tournament. And they've got this golden generation, something that kind of England had about, you know, 15 years ago, who are now coming into their probably last two tournaments that that nation feels like they can win something with them. So, you know, I, I think it's always interesting how we view managers and then comparing it, how they're probably viewed in the countries that they manage. Um, you know, whether Martinez is looked upon something of a Sven maybe who had this brilliant player, these brilliant crop of players, but never went on to to, to win something with them. Uh maybe. Um look, he 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 was I thought he did a good job at Wigan. I think most people did when he was when he was in the Premier League. Um and yeah, I'm sure he'll be he'll be on the list of names. I mean they they're already quite far down that list of names. Um there can't be many ahead of him by this point. But yeah, brilliant tournament always always help always help managers like that, I'm sure. It's one of the things with Belgium, though, isn't it? And whoever their manager is, Mark, that as soon as things go right, you're sort of praising the players like Kevin De Bruyne against Denmark as opposed to the managerial tweaks and subtle changes. I think because we don't necessarily think of Roberto Martinez as a great, you know, as, as Tom's saying, like, I, don't, I don't think we think of him as a sort of great tactician or a great um, motivator of players or anything like that. He... You know, it's, it's, he, he he won the FA Cup. He 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 took a very unfashionable team to win the FA Cup. He had one good season at Everton, and as often tends to be the case with Everton, they have one good season and they have a bad one. Um, so yeah, it's it, you know the, the the camera cuts from Kevin De Bruyne, Lukaku, Eden Hazard, and it cuts to Roberto Martinez on the bench, and you just think it just doesn't quite scan properly. But 
I mean, who else would they have? I mean, I went back, you know, to talk about it yesterday because I probably talk about it every day when 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 we beat when we beat them in 2016, and uh, you know the, the the manager then was um, I forget his name now, but it wasn't Martinez. But um, but they they basically, you know, you, the, the the whole talk then was they're not they're not managed properly. They're not they're not you know, sort of coached in, in in the right way. Um, Wilmots, that was it, Mark. Uh, Mark, Mark Wilmots. Yes. Um, so yeah, so to have someone who you know has Premier League experience, has cup winning experience, and you know going back to what I said earlier, international managing, I don't think it's the hardest job for a manager. Um, so you know, in terms of Spurs, I I I don't think, I mean yeah, as you say, where are they on the list? I don't know now, but I don't think he he's near the he's probably on about the fourth page of the twenty seven pages, but. Um, if he wins this tournament, I still think people are going to say it's the players and not him, which is probably unfair. But um, that's just kind of the squad he's, he's he's in charge of, isn't it? Yeah, most definitely. The other game in that group, Denmark v Russia, and Denmark can still finish top of the group despite losing the first two games, Tom. And I mean, given what they've gone through regarding Christian Eriksen, and great to now see him on the mend and discharged from hospital. It'd be brilliant to see them get through and certainly still got the opportunity of, of being group runners up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, one of the things about this tournament, ever since they, they tweeted it in 2016, is that it can take a win to get out, um, no matter what you do in the first few games. Yeah, it'd be brilliant for them. I think we had the good news yesterday that he's been he's been discharged from hospital, it seems. So um yeah, I mean everything they've been through, I mean, it's surprising that they're even, you know, playing on with, with the fight that they are. Um must have been horrible to for them to be on that pitch, especially people like Simon Kiar, who, you know, kind of revealed himself as a hero in that moment. Um yeah, uh, I think they they're a side who I expected to be to be quite strong. Um I mean you can't criticise them after what they've been through. I mean, I think any any country would, would have, a, have a real dip, but I think it'd be really good for them to get that win, even if they get through as a best third in that group um, and get through to the next round. And, and and I'm not sure who they'd face next. I think they're on the favourable side once again, aren't they? So, you know, they could even really turn this into a real, real success story after what happened in that opening game. Yeah, certainly. And uh, they they are everyone's sort of second nation at this tournament. Tom, I'll, I'll quickly stay with you. Just we'll have a quick bit of England chatter before we go. The Football Digest with John Cross and the gang is coming on later in the day to look ahead to the Czech Republic game. But yesterday, confirmation from Gareth Southgate that Harry Kane's going to start. What do you make of that? I mean, he's got to, hasn't he? I mean, he, he's, he's England's best player. He's England's captain. I mean... I feel like we we just microanalyze some of these performances far too much. I mean, he's he's Harry Kane. I mean, no matter what he does in the first two games, you don't take Harry Kane out for the third game. You leave him on because if he gets a goal, he might get a second. And then we're going into the knockout phases with a striker banging form. I mean, any country does that. We're not talking about people like... I mean, Mbappe has been brilliant, but I'm sure if Mbappe hadn't scored and, and been poor in the first two games... We wouldn't be expecting France to drop Kylian Mbappe because he's one of their most exciting players. Um, and also, you look beyond Harry Kane, and I'm not entirely convinced by who's who's second or third in that list to, to step in. So um, I don't think Rashford. I think Rashford and Sterling. Sterling did well in the first game, but I thought heading into the tournament, they were two players who we knew were going to be in the squad, but maybe their performances at that stage of the season did deserve it. Um, but Kane. His numbers are insane and he's England's best player. So I don't see a reason why he would come out of the squad, no matter how poor his performances are. Um, yeah, he should start. He should play 90 minutes. 
And if he gets that goal, as I said, you don't know what kind of form is going to come from him in the next few games and that could be crucial. Yeah, Mark, from the Welsh perspective, just give us a, a slap of perspective because as Englishmen, we go into the tournament mapping our way to the semis and finals and then as soon as one game doesn't go our way, our insecurities eat us up. What, what's your take on, on that and also Harry Kane? Yeah, well, um, the Croatia game was, it was, everything's wonderful and rosy and fantastic and the Scotland game is everything's terrible and awful and the reality is somewhere in between, really. Uh, the, you know, it's 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 a very good squad. I'm sure other countries look at that squad and think, you know, incredible depth there. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I mean, all this talk now, and it seems to happen at every tournament, as you say, about, you know, everyone's mapping out the routes and maybe they shouldn't win the game against the Czech Republic because this and that. And it's like, I just don't think they can afford to think like that. And especially not after a, a performance like the Scotland one, which was so kind of dour and, and uncreative, wasn't it? Um in terms of Kane, I think yeah, Tom Spawn. I think you, you stick with him. Doesn't it would not shock you if he if he scored a couple of goals, would it? Again, you know, there's there's all this kind of micro analysing of everything. You know, it's now it's like oh, the transfer stuff's weighing on him. I don't think it's that. I think I think he sort of suffered because the team behind him wasn't wasn't creating anything. And and my issue with with England going into the tournament was I just wasn't uh, they weren't convincing me in terms of Southgate was kind of he's mixed and matching a few things and I think when you play in midfield like you do which is Rice and, and Phillips and even if Henderson's there then you need your creativity from out wide obviously and so that's your fullbacks you'd say but then he's picked four different fullbacks in two games now you know Alexander Arnold if he wasn't injured would wasn't in then he was in then he you know, wasn't again it's just a bit it's a bit of a mess really so um, I don't really I don't really know what his plan is there. I think I think they'll beat Czech Republic. I think I think that'll be um I'd be very surprised if they don't. But then you're probably gonna have people saying, Oh, we shouldn't have won because it goes into play the more difficult team. So no, I uh I take my role as a very passive one and I just sit back and I watch all watch it all unfold really. No, I think you summed it up quite well when you said it's a bit of a mess. But anyway, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see how it does play out. From myself, Guy Clark, Mark Jones and Tom Leach, thanks for your time and your company. That's all we've got time for here on this edition of the Euro Digest.